This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight, special edition at 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty and Damer till 10 o'clock tonight. Along the way, World the Thrill and Brian the Brain. You can reach us also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, is that you? Larry, has the Ranger game ended last night? Did it end yes, yet? Yes, it did. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That yes, thing going that on and on that and was on. A long one. That was a long one. I, thought, I re- Okay, once again, this is the reporter in me, Gordon. Yeah. I felt really bad for the folks who had to cover that game. But everybody loves playoff hockey. Everybody loves everybody overtime. Does. It can end at any does. moment. It at never does, moment. but it, they say it can end at it any could. moment, Larry. And it did. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately for the Rangers, it ended. And listen, neither one of us will be cons- will be confused with one of the top hockey minds no. on the station. I, I generally have not even been associated with a mind, never mind a hockey mind. <clears throat> Gordon, that's a bad, that's a brutal loss. Oh, that's a brutal you don't loss. need to know anything about hockey. That's you know that a is a brutal, brutal loss. Two nothing lead in the, your building. The, in your building, first game of the playoff series. You Five have years. The, Right, you've had the lead, the you know, pretty much the whole night. You get the what looks like potentially the game-winning yeah. goal. It's a terrible call by all account. Like all the hockey people are in agreement that was a terrible call that the officials made there. And then you go on and lose the game, not in one overtime, not in two overtimes, but three overtimes. And it felt like, and maybe it's just that you know I'm looking at it through. Uh, you know, how, waiting the to go in your eyes, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> uh, come on, Rangers, let's go. You, we're expecting something here. Uh, it seemed like they had so many opportunities and just were never able to cash in. And it felt like the Penguins, even when they got opportunities up until the game winner, it didn't really feel like they were great opportunities, mm-hmm. not nearly the amount that the Rangers had. So, yeah, that is an absolutely brutal loss. You don't need to be Stan Fischler to know that one. And the third-string goaltender stuff. Oh, right. I, I didn't even mention that's that even, that, And right. that just adds right. that the, the, even worse. Right. The guy who's stoning you all night, and then the guy comes off the bench completely cold, not not played oh. at all, third-string guy, and you still can't solve it. That's a bad one. That's now, bad one. I wonder if anybody's going to call up and say that's a more impressive performance. Remember the call we had the other night that yeah, you had five yeah, pitchers yeah, yeah. pitch the exactly. no-hitter? That's more impressive than just one guy pitching the no hitter. Yeah, is it yeah. is it more impressive if you ha- if you if you have to go to the third string goaltender to win in triple overtime? Can I tell you what's impressive? I'm gonna tell you what's impressive. Shesterkin faced 83 shots on goal, Gordon. I saw that this morning, and I'm like, <laughs> that can't that can't be right. It just sounds weird. Yeah, he stopped 79 shots. <laughs> 79. And he loses the game. Yeah, that's rough. That's a rough way oh. to go. And and. They panned the crowd for the fans. Oh, can you imagine? Aside from the now, as my first thought, the reporters who've been there since five, okay, and they're just they're just waiting. And, mm-hmm. and you know they're writing this storyline and they can't write it because they're waiting and they've done the background and they keep changing it and changing it and changing it. And Gordon, the voices are just you're, you're writing voices and you're just you're tearing them up, throwing them away. All right, but the fans who have been there and you just they were just, they couldn't leave. They were exhausted. They were emotionally exhausted and. All you kept hearing, all you kept hearing from the announcers were, you know, listen, Penguins have been here before. They kind of know what's up. And the Rangers came out flying. Gordon, oh. they were flying. Yeah. Banging people against the boards and mm-hmm. physical, jumped out to the lead. It was great. Second quarter, ew, power failure. It's, it's, it's like, you remember, Gordon, for me, it's like my grandkids. Grandkids on chocolate. Zzz. 
Yeah. Then when it hits, ooh, power failure. You Done. know, it was a little reminiscent, and hopefully not for the Rangers' sake. It was kind of reminiscent to me of that game one of the Nets and Celtics series, right? Yeah. Real close yep. game. Yep. Didn't go your way after it. You're thinking to yourself, well, are there good things to take out of that loss? Can you salvage something? Is that bad news? And it turned out to be really bad news. There were no positives because you didn't win any games in the series. Hopefully it turns out differently for the Rangers. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing to be playing again on Thursday after triple overtime the way that you lost, but that's an all but a must win now. I mean, if it wasn't already, it certainly is. But I think it's good. I think you need to get – not physically, (laughs) but mentally, I think you need to get back on the ice as soon as you can. I think you really need to go out there and, and clean, clean up the mistakes. And I thought LaGreca did a great job with because uh, they had Valaket on early on the Michael K show, mm-hmm. who does a great job with on MSG with Rangers pre between periods and post. And um, Steve and, and, and Don went through some things, and they really have some things they got to clean up. If they can do that, Gordon, they'll be okay. But it just sounds like, and listening to them, and once again, we're parachuting in at the, at the end of the you know, right. regular season, but it just sounds like the, their issues five on five have been issues all season. And when things are an issue all season, if they're not addressed or you don't make the, 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 the I'm sure they attempt to address them, but if you don't, you're not successful in correcting them, they will come up in an inopportune moment. And they came up inopportunely last night. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, not the biggest hockey fan in the world, so I'll leave that to them to say that these have been issues all season long. But it's almost better to me that you can pinpoint what the issues are at least, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. the type of game where, you know what, the Rangers played the perfect game and they still ended up losing. If you can pinpoint things right away that say, well, this, this, and this, we got to fix, that would lead me to think that there's at least some optimism for game two. Yes, I would think so. And and. but here's the question. Who's going to start in goal for Pittsburgh? Who, does it matter? I mean, they brought the third string guy in cold, and he was, like, awesome. So I think is the he, Rangers will have to just kind of worry about themselves. Never mind who's. Yeah. They need to. They need to. They need to. So hopefully uh, it will be different in game one. Hopefully it will be different than game one, and that will be game two tomorrow night. You're here right here on 987 ESPN pregame following the Michael K show at 630. Puck drops a little after 7 o'clock on 987 ESPN. And, of course – what everybody's talking about, Gordon, the new ESPN New York app, which is phenomenal. Oh, it's outstanding. Phenomenal. It's outstanding. It's, 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 we can't talk about it enough. That's how good it is and easy. And we'll I don't like you. anything. As I, I pointed out many times, I don't like anything. I don't really like technology all that much. I'm not good at technology. This is so easy that uh, even I can use it. You hit, you, you, you open it and the, and the station comes on right away. You have to, right. you have to do nothing. You, you do nothing. Right. You just, oh, I like this show. That's the show. Boom. I, I hit that picture, and boom, the show. There Absolutely. you go. There's the show. Yep. And you can listen live, but just turn it on. Listen live. Right. right. You, you see where it says listen live? You press listen live. It go Bang, it goes. There's no questions. There's no debate. There's no, I got to do this and do that, and the Bluetooth, and this thing, and that thing. Bang, right away. Absolutely. So uh, make sure you check it out. It's the new ESPN New York app. Tell everybody about it. It is so much different than the other ESPN. Oh, oh God. That was t- that was a nightmare. This yeah, is a dream. This is uh, this is out. This is fantastic. It's outstanding. Gordon, the Mets lost today, and they split the series with Atlanta. Uh, it was two uh, two, and this was this was one bad inning. And here's the thing: you kind of knew that Atlanta they're, they're a very good hitting team. And you kind of knew they were eventually going to hit because they, 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 they gave you some, you know, they hit decently in the first game, which the Mets lost. Mets come back, sweep the doubleheader yesterday. Nice job there. 
And the sixth inning was the nightmare inning where they ended up scoring seven runs and the game was over right there. Yeah, uh, and it seems like for the first time, maybe all season, some questions for, for Buck Showalter about deciding to go to Adovino in that spot, using him mm-hmm. three days in a row. And, and that's just so often we just criticize things based on the result. It's mm-hmm. not like what actually goes into the decision. I would just simply say, if you're criticizing Buck Showalter for going to Adovino, for thir- what, what did you want him to do? Yeah. What are the other options? The other options, Drew Smith pitched two innings yesterday, so he was pretty much unavailable today because of the doubleheader yesterday. Right. They don't like to use Lugo back-to-back days. Nope. So he's kind of crossed off the list. Not an option. May's out for you know a month. At least a month, yeah. Yeah, so he's gone. Mm-hmm. You don't have any other like high-leverage guys who are not lefties in that spot. You don't want to bring them in. Right. You're not going to go to Diaz in that spot. So nope. you're like the guy, someone has to exist that you want to go to. Right. So I don't know why exactly there would be criticism uh, need, of Buck Showalter's handling of the bullpen. Oh, this is this is why Buck gets in trouble with the bullpen. This is not an example of that. Maybe there will be down the road, but this is not one. Now, does it mean that you may have to, because no team is a complete product, so does it mean that down the road you may have to either develop somebody or add a bullpen piece along the Absolutely. way? Absolutely. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. That, that's what it shows you. But here's the bottom line. What What – the bottom line is, it's up to Ottavino to get the job done. How about that? Yeah. Gordon, how about that? Why yeah. is it the manager's fault? Ottavino's job is to come in. Tough job. I know base is loaded. I get it. Tough. No margin for error. But how is it How is it not his job to get the job done? No. And he was not very good today. That happens, no. right? Like, sometimes it happens. You know, we're kind of spoiled with the Yankee bullpen. And now that I say that, I'm probably jinxing them for tonight. But, you know, the Yankee <laughs> bullpen comes in and his lights out every single, oh, yeah. this guy's a scoreless inning. That guy's a scoreless inning. But that's not generally the way it works. Sometimes you're going to have blips, and he came into a difficult situation. He made it worse. The game yep. was over. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Mets didn't score any runs today. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, yeah. that also kind of it's is a factor scored in the one, game. scored two runs. So, yeah, you know, that's what? tough. Hey, it's disappointing, though. I will say that. Yes, it, is it is disappointing because you felt like that this was a far better homestand than four and three. Mm-hmm. You felt like this was a better series than two and two against the Braves. So it is disappointing, mm-hmm. but I just don't know why there would be criticism for Buck Showalter when no. – you know, you got to tell me what the other option was. Right. I agree with you. It, it, it's disappointing because it's Atlanta, okay? And, right, And you of course. still have that, you know, you want to get rid of them. Just like the Yankees want to make a statement when they play Toronto and Tampa Bay, they want to make a statement. Like, they're, you know, they've done so far this series with Toronto. Uh, so, yeah, it's disappointing. You would have loved to have, especially after taking the doubleheader yesterday, Gordon, it would right. have been nice to oh, finish of them off today. With a win. Then you're like, oh, we took three out of four from them. And, and the streak goes on. But guess what? Mets are going to win every game. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> I, I think that they're still, even with the loss today, they're still on pace for like 107 wins or something ridiculous like that. Yes. So uh, if, if this we'll is okay. where you're jumping off the bridge, I, I think you better talk yourself down. There's no question about it. The Mets will be okay. It's ESPN New York tonight, special edition on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And Gordon, listen, I give him credit. He said, listen, I, I love to, I want to pitch. He didn't get the job done. It happens. He didn't have his stuff or whatever it was. He, this was the, <laughs> I guess you you understand this better than anybody else, Gordon. This was the Adovino that all too often the Yankees saw in the postseason. Not the yeah. Adovino that you saw in the regular season. Well, I mean, I, I was just watching the other day. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure if it was the first game he pitched or the second game he pitched. Like the movement on his pitches were was ridiculous. I mean, the mm-hmm. Braves were swinging out of their shoes trying to hit his off speed stuff. 
So he has been pretty good. Uh, and again, like we said, the Mets didn't have another option. What's the other option that, that Buck Showalter, you say, oh, well, you know, obviously he blew it there. If Trevor May had been healthy or Lugo had not pitched the day before, okay, maybe then. Yeah, all right, obviously. But I, I really do feel like that's that's picking apart how it turned out rather than what the decision was because the decision really is not all that debatable. You're right. Let's hear from Buck Walter. He commented after the game on the Met pitching today. Uh, no, we, we talk about for every game about where we are, and he felt good today. He's the guy that had the least stress last two outings. We had didn't have Drew and uh, Lugo late, one up, one in. All of them were one up, one in with no – and we uh, – byproduct of yesterday, kind of where we were. We knew we had uh, Trevor and uh, uh, Adonis – for some length if we needed it. But, uh, you know, Tyler gave us a good chance to win. We just you know, just kind of got there. First of all, trying to hold them down as long as we had. He was in the third or fourth time, through, third time through the order. And uh, good hitting team. I don't think, uh, like I said before the game, you know, after yesterday, you know that, you know, they're going to come out trying to even up the series. And they did. And, Gordon Buck took you through his thought process, and so <laughs> Adovino was the only option. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, done, other so. people could have picked it up, right? I mean, like the, the offense could have scored some runs earlier and maybe given yep. them a little bit more of a cushion. These mm-hmm. things happen. If, if the worst that's going to happen to the Mets this year is they're going to split series against the Braves, I think you'll be all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'll I think you'll be all right. right I now. think you'll be fine. I'll sign up for it right now. And really, this is the worst the bullpens looked all year. It's one bad outing. Yeah. And it's a good. It's against. I know they're not good right now, but you expect them to be good. Yes. This year, and absolutely. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fall. I don't think they're gonna. You know, be under five hundred the entire season. They were under five hundred for a good portion of the season last year, and it didn't. It didn't stop them at the end. So didn't stop them. Um, at it, all. The only thing is, as I said, it's a little disappointing, right? Because it yeah, feels sure. like that the Mets have. You know, they're winning all these series in a row. You sweep the doubleheader yesterday after losing the opening game of the series. You got one game left. McGill has been good. He was good today, mm-hmm. although the line doesn't look it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, the offense doesn't score, and the bullpen, you know, comes in and kind of throws some gas on the fire. Yeah, so, you know, you move on. That's what you do. You move on. Any concerns about Lindor? You know, it's kind of slumped here. You know, he got off to that hot start. I saw some yeah. numbers today. Last 10 like games, he's hitting 15. 128. Yeah, he's over his last 15 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, one he extra base struggled. hit in his last 10 games. He has three errors at shortstop already this year. He did not have his third error until June 5th of last year. Any concerns that maybe things are tailing back the way they kind of went last year? Um, not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Because he got off to such – and you know why for me, Gordon? Because I know he wasn't going to be as hot as he was. He wasn't. He couldn't continue at that pace. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I look at it as he's starting to come back a little bit. Uh, but the question is going to be, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust it depending on how long he stays in this struggle, and what he does when he comes out of it. How long is he in it? He might. We might just learn that he's a streaky guy. That's what it's we possible. might learn. Mm-hmm. We might learn he's just one of those streak guys. And the concern I have is that. Does he take his hitting into the field? Like when he's struggling, does that affect his, his fielding? You know, now he made a couple of these errors while he was hot, but it just seemed as though sometimes his throwing is not what it should be. Um, he gets to everything, but sometimes his throws, are, they sail on him and whatnot. So uh, we'll wait and see how he is. But he's been, listen, I, I can't complain with how he's been early. He's been good so far. 
Better yeah, than I mean, last look, year. The, yeah, again, as I said, Mets are on pace to win 107 games. There's not many things to pick apart. I just, not you know, noticed those numbers today, and I remembered yeah, he got it off to the hot start yeah. that he did. And you, you just kind of, you know, especially because last year was just so glaring oh, for him. Awful. Awful. It was awful. awful for him last year. And listen, when he came, he wasn't that great either. I mean, he had a yeah. couple of moments when he first got here, so you were expecting, okay, let's see what he did last year. Last year, he was, you know. And then, you know, the, the, the stuff with McNeil and all the right. other problems they had didn't help him any. No. So when he got off to the hot start, even in, in the abbreviated spring training, and, of course, at the beginning of the season, you're like, hey, great. No, all right. This is, maybe this is the Lindor we're getting. And, and Carrasco, even the double hair, he's pitching well. This is not, I didn't expect this Carrasco this year, Gordon, based on the Carrasco I'd seen since he's been here. Uh, he's pitched well since he's, he's pitched well this season. So I was looking up at the two imports from, from Cleveland. But, yeah, he's hit, he's hit a little slump now. But you know what they say, Gordon? That's baseball season. It is. It's a, ve- it's a very long season. And, and very humbling. And, and as everybody forgets, every season, how long a baseball season is. Oh, it's yeah. a ma- The first week, the first two weeks of the season, every single year, there's something, oh, well, this is this and that's that mm-hmm. and this is the way it's going to be. Is it time to worry? Meanwhile, you're in April, right? Like yeah. the Yankees are the <laughs> exactly. perfect example. People mm-hmm. were panicking and, oh, this thing and that thing and, the lineup's not very good, and all of a sudden things have turned around rather quickly. They have. And here's the thing. We don't know if they're this good, right? And we don't know, and, and, we, and we know, but we know they're not as bad as they were hitting earlier. Okay? That's clear. So, Gordon, they're somewhere in the middle. And I think with the pitching they've had and the bullpen, somewhere in the middle is going to be pretty good for them in this division. Well, look, if the pitching remains anything close – to not just the the bullpen, the starters as well, anywhere close to what it has been so far this year, the Yankees oh, are going to win a lot of games. And, absolutely. you know, this this should not really be a surprise because I went and I ran some numbers. I don't know what it is about since Aaron Boone has taken over, mm-hmm. but the Yankees get off to mediocre to bad starts every single year. And then somewhere, you know, a couple weeks into the year, things turn around. 2018, they started 9-9. Nine and nine. They followed that up with nine in a row. 2019, they started 8 and 10. They won 9 of 10. And then last year, they started 5 and 10. That was a real, I mean, 5 and 10. And they went 15 and 6 over their next 21 games. So this maybe shouldn't really be that surprising because this is what they generally do. They get off to a little bit of a slow start and then they flip the switch. And um, they have certainly done that so far this year. So hopefully they can get another win tonight going up against Kukuchi. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, you've got, uh, admittedly, one of my a, a pitcher that really intrigues me. I'm really fascinated. I enjoy watching him, Nestor Cortez. I enjoy watching him, Gordon. I enjoy watching him with the different motions. I enjoy watching him come sidearm. I enjoy, I enjoy watching him because he understands what pitching is all about, right? Basics, changing the eye level of the batter, up, up, you know, location, 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 up in the zone, down in the zone, up in the way, down and in, uh, sidearm, all the stuff. I really enjoy watching him. Just he has a lot of fun out on the mound, and he, and oh by the way, he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's been fantastic. I, look, I, I kind of thought he was going to be like this one year wonder, like we've seen with some other Yankees mm-hmm. over the last you know last decade or so. But uh, he has picked up right where he has left off. I mean he has been sensational this year. So um, yeah, you just kind of hope he keeps it up because that's one of those guys in that rotation. Like you came into the year. Saying, okay, Cole's the number one, but who can you really rely on as the number two? Can you count on Severino after not pitching that many innings? Is Nestor Cortez a real thing? Tyone, can you really rely on him, Montgomery? 
all of a sudden, Nestor Cortez is showing you if this is anything close to the way he's going to pitch over the course of the season, he's your number two. There's no doubt. <laughs> and you feel good about it. Yeah. And, and, and Severino is a pretty good three. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and there doesn't have to be any pressure on him to be mm-hmm. anything more you know, with the innings that he is going to be putting on his arm after not, what was it, 18 innings, 16 innings that he's thrown in the last three years? Yeah, um, yeah. He has been, uh, it, it doesn't force you to say, hey, you know what, we, we need a little bit more out of, uh, of Severino here. You can just kind of rely on him to be whatever he is because, again, Yankees pitching, for all the criticism we've had of it, they are as deep as, I, I, they might be as deep as any team when you consider the bullpen and the rotation. Their rotation's strong. Their mm-hmm. bullpen is lights out. Yeah. Now you just have to wonder, and maybe worry a little bit that they rely on that bullpen so much that by the time you get to maybe yeah. July or August, yeah. maybe some of those guys might be a little gassed. Well, here's the hope. You hope that you're, as the season this month, you start to get some length out of your guys. And if yes. you can start to get some more length, now they're stretched out. Okay, we're in May. You did, you did the smart thing, you know, babied them along with the, with the shortened spring training. Okay, this is May now. Now you're ready to stretch them out. So if you could start to get – Gordon, a couple of sevens out of your guys, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, uh, each of the guys has kind of surprised in their own ways. I think Tyone has been better than I think a lot of people mm-hmm. expected. I agree. Uh, you've already gotten more out of Severino at this point. I don't know that you would have necessarily expected him to look as good as he's looked so far at this point. You're kind of hoping that for that a little bit later on in the season. Uh, and really, even Cole, I mean, for all the criticism he had, he, his next start, I think he has an ERA of three for the season. So yeah. <laughs> that's not – he's not been eliminated from the Cy Young contention so far. Not, not yet, yet, anyway. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Gordon, I think uh, Aaron Boone has found the secret elixir for Joey Gallo. What's that? Give him a day off every once in a while. He, get, play him a day, give him an off day, play him a day, give him an off day. He was off, home run. Look at that. He can't play in back-to-back games. Don't play him in back-to-back games. He's like, he's like the Seth Lugo of the Yankee lineup. <laughs> exactly. You can't yeah. do back-to-backs. No back-to-back. No back-to-back. You know, this is the first time this season the Yankees have had this lineup. This is the first repeat lineup that they've had the entire season. Unbelievable. Wow. Hmm? How about that? That's nice. You know what? I was thinking the best thing that Joey Gallo has done in his time outside of the home run that he just hit is <laughs> that he has focused – all the Yankee fans who booed Giancarlo Stanton, they now bo- boo Joey Gallo. That's it. They need to find a Gallo for Gallo. <laughs> they need a like a more you know like a, a more frustrating guy to watch when he's not going well than Joey Gallo. Somebody who's more boom or bust than now. I don't know if that person exists, but if they could get that, maybe that would take some pressure off Gallo, and then the fans would boo that other person. We can get Gary Sanchez back. That's true. You could get Gary Sand. He's very <laughs> frustrated. But we already tried that. That didn't. That didn't go so well. Well, he was more bust than boom. Yes, he was. He had issue. a lot of, a lot of busts. <laughs> a lot of busts. Artie's in Brooklyn. Artie, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey guys, I'm sorry for switching the uh, the topic on you guys, but this just came into my head. I know it's a little off off the whack, but you know that's the usual for me. Now, I think with the Jets' success in the draft, I don't know, but it seems to me that with the draft, and if if uh, Beckton can come back healthy, the key, I think this is a playoff contender. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but contender. Who, other than the championship team, 
What was the best team the Jets have ever had? I'll make it quick. 1998. Yeah, I was going to say Who was the starting quarterback in 1998? Vinny. Vinny. Vinny in the Jets. Nope. He was not. For the first three games, it was Glenn Foley. Oh, and oh, thank oh, the right. Lord that they had Vinny. So right. here's my point. There's a playoff quarterback that you could have cheap. He's going to be an attitude problem. Mm-hmm. But I'm tell- they could have had him in the draft. And if Wilson doesn't, isn't Wilson this year, if he, if he doesn't um, show that he's a number two, this guy would be perfect for this team. And you could have him as a backup right now. Who am I talking about? Baker Mayfield. You're talking about Baker Mayfield. Yes. Yes. Why not? Tell me why not. Uh, $18 million? <laughs> How much is the salary they, this they year? They have no money. They have no money in the in the quarterback position, right? They have the money. They could get them cheap. And you could use them as an insurance. If one of the top teams lose their quarterback, you could get, the, you could get a number one pick for this guy. What do you think? Well, are they? Uh, it's ballsy. It's ballsy. There's no question but about I think it. It's it is. But, 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 <laughs> but it's not based thing, on planet Arnie. Earth. Here's the thing, Artie. I, Cleveland's not moving him because teams want Cleveland to pay, take a large part of his salary, Gordon, and I'm sure the Jets would be the same. Well, look, I, what Artie's actually presenting, I think that somebody is going to get a bargain with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So I can see what he's saying. I just don't think the Jets are that team. The Jets mm-hmm. are invested. They are going to go as far as Zach Wilson is going to take them. And we yeah. saw last year they didn't like they, – they're doing everything possible to make Zach Wilson comfortable. They're bringing yeah. in coaches. They're, 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 whatever they got to do, right? Like any competition, there's, there's no quarterback competition. They're not bringing in a veteran so they want to see it out of him because they know their future is tied to him. So I do think that somebody's going to get a, a bargain with Baker Mayfield. I mm-hmm. think that the, the, um, the amount of negative reaction to Baker Mayfield is a bit overkill, but I don't think that the Jets are going to be that team. But I still think, Gordon, that um, he needs to be challenged. I, I in, agree with in you. training camp. I agree with you. I just don't think the Jets are, are going to, to go that route, and I certainly yeah. don't. I, I, look, they they might bring in a veteran guy to kind well, of Flacco's like, still on the roster, right? Yes, important. that that's the that if it's not Flacco, it's going to be somebody like that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be somebody who can actually compete with right. Zach Wilson. Yeah, and yeah, and look, if, if the Jets went out right now and brought in Baker Mayfield. He would be a starter. <laughs> he, I mean, he very well might be. He could be the starter. Right. He very well might be. They're not. They're, no team is going to do that for a guy they took second. Of the, it's not. This is not a criticism of the Jets. This is any team that takes a quarterback yeah, that high that. up and thinks it's the franchise guy. They're not no. going to bring in. And it would be one thing if Mayfield was like a model citizen or, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. really could rely on him to do the right thing. He's a bit, you know, he's a bit of a knucklehead himself. So Yeah, he is. He is. But from an experience standpoint, he would win the job because he's more experienced. I think he might actually be better too. Yeah, I might. mean, I like the amount of overkill that we've gotten now. Like, ba- like people make it out like Baker Mayfield can't play at all. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yep. won a playoff game. When yep. was the last time the Jets did that? Well, um, been a while. They haven't been to the playoffs in more than a Mark decade. Sanchez. So. Mark Sanchez, right? Yeah, it's been as I said, it's been a while. It's been a while. Ira's in Staten Island. 
Ira, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Um, I definitely had to call you guys to say hello. I catch you early before I go to sleep. And um, that last call by Artie, with all due respect, no, no, (laughs) they're not bringing in Baker Mayfield to compete with Zach Wilson. It's not happening. But like Gordon, your point is, you know what? He'd probably win the job in in, in a straight-out competition if – if Zach didn't make progress from last year, but they're all invested in him. But I, I got to get, I haven't spoken to you guys since the draft. I tell you, things couldn't have fallen out beautifully the way they fell into Joe Douglas's lap. And he was aggressive going up to get Johnson. The first two picks, listen, you know, I, I would have been fine with a tackle at four. I have no problem with them also taking a shutdown corner. Getting Wilson was a no brainer, getting the tight end, getting the running back. So, you know, all of a sudden, uh, and, and Larry, you know, Gordon, you know, Larry covered that team for many years. Oh, God. You haven't seen skill position players on a roster, New York Jets roster like this, probably, probably forever. And then maybe go back to Wesley Walker's days, and I'd be even stretching it at that point. Mm-hmm. They're pretty loaded at, re- at skill position players right now. I mean, Ira, as far as the draft is concerned, I was talking to somebody. I think you got to go back to Nick and Brick as far as a successful, a potentially successful draft. Um, you might have to go there uh, of of late. And the question well, now is going to be, Ira, can the coaching staff coach these guys up? That's going to be the next step. That's right. Now it's now there's no more excuses. It's up to the coach. It's up to Zach Wilson to take that next step. And you're right. You go back to – and, you know, people forget, you know, Brick and Mangle. Not only they got the two Smiths, they got Brad and Eric Smith in that draft. They got mm-hmm. Drew Coleman. Um, I, I, I'm leaving one out. I forget who the other person was. But also, you know, with all the, the hits that the Jets took, you know, and I'm not being an apologist here for them because I've been complaining too, but, you know, when they had those early 80s teams that were good, that was because 78, 79, 77, 78, 79, you look up those drafts, they had monster drafts. In one draft, they had Lions and Gaston on back-to-back picks. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that this draft that they just had, potentially, if it lives up to the billing it's getting, Maybe we are set more. There was no free agency back then. So, you know, players stayed for 10 years. But now, you know, if this draft, you know, this team is set for the next five, six years, that would be a beautiful thing. And you know what? It'll be a, they win something. It'll be a good headache to have if Joe Douglas has to find out a way to start signing all these people, which they live up to their billing. You're right, Ira. Thanks for the phone call. It, it'll be a situation where maybe some Jet draft choices will actually get a second contract with their team. <laughs> that would be that would be a nice situation. All the reviews, top to bottom. It's just a, a degree of how effusive they are with the praise. Everybody is praising the Jets draft, and everybody is praising Joe Douglas. The only caveat that I would say is that I've heard this all before. Mm-hmm. Every draft that Joe Douglas has had, there have been nothing but rave reviews. And that includes the first one with Becton with the first pick, and Denzel Mims with the second pick, and that was not a very good draft. Now that we have a little time to kind of go back and, and view things, we know that that was not a very good draft. Last year's looks like it was. Mm-hmm. It all kind of depends on the quarterback, and I think that even for this year's draft, I think it still all kind of depends on the quarterback. Yeah, no question. That's why I say he, he, he did his part. Now let's see what the coaching staff can do and find out their strengths and tailor their game plan to these kids' strengths. Then we'll see if we have some. Thank you for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. In this hour, we'll continue our conversation, a little baseball, a little football. We'll bring in uh, Joe Shane, who was on the Michael K. Show, get his thoughts on what happened, what's going on with the uh, New York football giants. And 
Mel Kiper Jr. said something, Gordon Damer, that that Oof. that 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 yeah, I'm tongue tied. I, yeah. When I when I heard and uh, Brian the Brain Mangia was telling me about, it, I said, "Is this junior or senior making this comment?" Because it was a little, yeah, it was a little out, outlandish. We'll share that with you a little bit later in this hour here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Uh, update: uh, Toronto with a two one lead over the Yankees as the um, Yankees come up in the fourth. And Gordon, for me, I gotta tell you, I just Aaron just even though Bichette made it to second. Gordon on the fly, that throw on the fly. He just beat it. Yeah. And that ball was that ball was a deep against near the near the foul line. Judge just on the fly. Oh, he's got such an arm. He's he's a really good player, Gordon. You better sign him. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> price tag is just going up and up and up. He's betting on himself. Oh, he's betting on himself and he's betting well. Uh I mean, between what he's doing on the field and then the amount of coverage that that got last night of the, the kid, kid? Yeah. getting the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. just beautiful moment. As pure and as innocent a kid as you can have. Awesome mm-hmm. stuff. And then to have Judge and the Yankees do what they did tonight. The kid gets to meet him. He's crying again. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's all broken up. It's awesome. And, and look, I mean, that's the type of stuff that baseball needs as much as they can get. Mm-hmm. That's the type of stuff that crosses over to non-baseball fans. You, you know, like it was always for me when I was growing up. Like, did my mom know about it? Right? Like, that's how you yeah. knew it. Kind of crossed over to a different kind of audience. Yeah. It wasn't just the diehard fans. And that's the type of thing that 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 gets that. So, yeah, the the price tag for Judge is just going up with uh, the last couple of days. No question about it. Sharif is on the island. He's next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. Hey, Sharif. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, just a couple of things. You know, Gallo, you know, I was looking at I was reading the other day. He, he, I think he's like first or second with, with losing so many hits with the overshift. I think it was like 39 balls. So, I mean, his batting average would probably be like from 200 to 250 and, and, and another $5 million on his contract. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I just love the fact that, that, you know, what I always complain about baseball you know, last year I was always like, like watching the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, you know, sacrifice flies, bunts, steals. And the, and the Yankees are doing that. And it's great to watch again. It's, I feel like, you know, before I was like, I put on a Yankee game, I'm, I'm snoozing within five minutes. You know, Sharif, that's an interesting point. Thanks for the phone call. Because, Gordon, how many, how many phone calls have we taken over the years, together and individually? And how many calls have I heard on the station? Oh, the Yankees got a bunt. Bunt, bunt, <laughs> hit and run, Small move ball. the runner over. Small ball. This is what they gotta do. Listen, and, and and meanwhile, you got you've got Sheffield and A Rod, right? Yeah, Giambi, and, and you got like these monster home run guys just coming up, batter after batter after batter after batter. And that's not the, that's not what they do. But with this lineup, Gordon, what's interesting is, and maybe Cass, there was some, you know, theme to. Cashman's madness in the sense of understanding that his lineup is not as long and deep offensively as it's been in the past, that at the bottom of the order, he's got to do some things to generate some runs. And he's allowed Boone uh, within the wide idea of uh, sabermetrics to be able to move some runners, steal, try to get runners in scoring position to do some things so that you're not just sitting back waiting for the home run. But they're getting a lot of home runs, too. They lead baseball in home runs. 
Which is so, good. You, you know, it's like the, the beauties in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, why are the Yankees winning? Well, it's because they're stealing bases and, and Tim LaCastro, and it's, mm-hmm. it's getting that runner home from third with less than two outs. And I guess that is part of it, but they've also been productive hitting the, you know, hitting the ball hard and doing what they do. So uh, I don't know if that will translate when they get to the good pitching of October, but I think that the lineup should be good enough to get them there. Uh, and, and it just, it, it just, whether or not some guys in the lineup are going to be as productive as they have been, you know, Joey Gallo's one, um, obviously Glaber has had some moments here. Mm-hmm. It looks like LeMahieu is kind of back to being LeMahieu. Those are the question marks. The other parts of the lineup, they should produce to what you expect, but those are to me, the, the, the wild cards and whether or not, how productive are they over the course of the year? And that will kind of tell how productive the Yankees are as a team. Now, I'm not comparing them to the five championship team of the 90s. But when you look at that, the makeup of that championship team, Gordon, the best part about it was it wasn't just home run guys. You had guys that made contact. You had guys that had some speed. So you were able to play different ways. You look at Tampa. You look at Boston. They've been able to play. Okay, we'll beat you any way you want. You want to go power? We can go power. You want to go small ball? We can go small ball if we have to. And and I think that's where at least now you're seeing something – uh, Gordon with a little bit more speed, and oh by the way, yeah, I'm, uh, as as I say this, as I know that Rizzo hit into a double play in the first inning, but you're not seeing as many double plays as you saw last year because you got a little bit more speed, Gordon. So you're you're in the scenario where you're beating out that you're not being doubled up as easy. He's about to hit into another double. Play. <laughs> I was just um, saying so, he was safe at first, so that's good. You know, you know, so so at least that gives you a little see just like that. You know, you're not getting into the – and Rizzo's not fast. But no, because of Judge's speed a little bit, okay, now, you know, and the slow hit ball, you're not getting into that situation. So I think that's another byproduct of what's going on with this team. Well, maybe they have, they are a little bit more flexible this year uh, because they have they're just so many athletic. guys. Yeah, they're definitely more athletic. That That is true. They're not uh, – you know, I think that there's the, the idea. But, you know, it, it, like Gallo is definitely boomer bust and Stanton is boomer bust. But outside of that, you know, removing Sanchez, who was definitely boomer bust. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't look at Aaron Judge, even though he'll probably hit 40 home runs as a boomer bust guy. He's not. You He's know, not. The, 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 for all the, the criticism of the Yankees, oh, it's just about power. They don't really have – now, look, they do have some. Joey Gallo is absolutely home run or bust. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that – it's not a, a lineup of nine guys. It never really has been a lineup of nine guys that just hit home runs and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And listen, you know, I don't know if he's, uh, you know, going to be uh, this way all season, but IKF has been hot of late, Gordon. He's played well. He's been far better than uh, I was anticipating. We shall see how it goes over the course of the year. But he has been better than advertised, at least so far. And, and I'll say this, his offense has improved clearly. That has helped his defense, too, because those first that first week or so, maybe free, first week, 10 days, he did not look all that comfortable at shortstop, and he has looked far better. And some some really hard hit balls in this series as well. He's he's handled them well. He, he looked he reminiscent of Didi when he first got here. Yeah, I mean, look, if you can get any offense that you can get out of the bottom of the order, I mean, that's a bonus because if the other guys are producing like you hope that they will, and and can I kind of expect them to, uh, anything that you can get out of uh, of another guy, and, and the two areas that are the most concerning are, are, are catcher, where they're getting nothing. I mean, they mm-hmm. get they get no real offensive production out of catcher. Mm-hmm. So if you can get something out of shortstop, hey, awesome. Absolutely. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. 
Hey, fellas, you know, uh, as far as John Morant, I was just thinking, in the last 10 years, I would say you'd have to go back to Steph Curry, where you got such a good player in the NBA from such a small, nondescript school, right? John Morant is from Murray State, mm-hmm. and Steph is from Davidson, but that was 10 mm-hmm. years ago, at yeah. least. So there hasn't been anybody as good as Morant from such a small school, right? Or yeah, Steph. I can think of you, right? No. I'm just thinking that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, both you guys, I'm asking, I'll ask both, you two, Gordon. Uh, when the hockey overtime started last night, did you know the rules? Did you know it was going to be a 20-minute period? Yeah. Did you, I, I, I don't did. know. I thought, you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 I did know that, yeah. yeah. Even I knew that. Yeah. Then why do they go through all the shenanigans during the regular season? And, uh, because it's different. Well, yeah. they want to get the game over, and they don't want to, you know, they realize that it's not the ideal situation, but they want right. to get a, a winner if they can. Rather, Nobody really likes the ties. The fans don't like the ties. So yeah, I'm you're not gonna, the, when you get to the postseason, you're going to just uh, keep it the way They want to avoid ties for the fans. Right. All right. I've seen that play in hockey. I mean, I can't say I'm a hockey aficionado, but I've seen that play where a guy goes into the goalie and a goal, the score and a goal goes in, mm-hmm. and they don't call it. I, I'm sure I've seen, right? Uh, Do you agree? Haven't you guys times. seen yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Especially in that scenario, Richard, and thanks for the phone call. Always Especially in, in that scenario because the guy is pushing him, Gordon. He's, he's pushing him into the goalie where he's – and he's he's not skating. He's he's almost in the air. So he, he can't change direction. See, that's yeah. the thing. Where is he going to go? He can't go I anywhere. Know. I don't know. I, and, I, and then the goalie happens to be coming out, so he's running into the goalkeeper. Uh, it's just um, goaltender. It's just unbelievable. It's just, it's just one of those things. I, I, and I know, I know the hockey fans. They love it, and people will tell you, "Oh, there's nothing like playoff hockey." At some point, it's just too much. Like you can't pay attention that much all the time. It's like if you're on a on a, on a road and there's nothing but street signs. Mm-hmm. At some point, you just kind of zone out and you stop paying attention. Like, I don't know how many times, and I don't, again, not a big hockey guy, mm-hmm. but I'll watch in the postseason, especially the storylines and the shows and all that type of stuff. But I can't tell you how many times I've watched games and it's been a multiple overtime situation and I'm sitting there watching it, but, you know, I'm kind of distracted. And then by the time the game-winning goal gets scored, I have to actually go back and kind of review it a little bit because I wasn't really be 100% focused on the game. It's just it's yeah. too much. It's too long. Yeah. It is. It's too it, hard. It was, it was. It's. Can you imagine though? It's, it's Stanley Cup championship. Okay, overtime. Three on three. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. I, look, I'm not telling you I have any quick solution to it, but it's no. Just but I'm just like, saying. Oh, I'm goodness. just saying. Can you imagine? Yeah. Because <laughs> because because Richard was saying, did you know it was different? Why does it make it different? Can you imagine? All right, three on three. Let's go, baby. Here we go. Three <laughs> on three. <laughs> uh, Lord Stanley would come up out of his grave like, what are you doing? What is this? Yeah, oh, hockey fans wouldn't they wouldn't need Lord Stanley. The hockey fans would be ready to <laughs> revolt. Yes. Yeah. So Gordon, yes. Uh watching Toronto Yankees. Mm-hmm. My guys out of the game. Nestor Cortez had 83 pitches. Couldn't get the ball. Didn't have the control he normally no. has. Walked four guys. Yeah. So that that you know did got not have his good game. stuff tonight. Did not. And have I'll his tell stuff. you. And still only gave up two runs. It did the job, right? I mean, he got you through to the bullpen, at least, and the Yankee bullpen is active. Aaron Boone better hope the Yankees keep winning these games because if the moment they don't, there are going to be calls for Michael King in the rotation. He has yeah, been yeah. so good. And, mm-hmm. and, look, all the Yankee starters have been good, but at some point the, the cries are going to start happening because he has yeah. been just 
unbelievable. And I don't want him to go. I believe no. him where he is. He's, he's an incredible weapon. If you have a weapon that comes into the game and just holds the game right there, just keep holding the game right there until we can eventually get the tying or go-ahead runs, that's valuable. So it is. It's I huge. would just leave him right where he is. But you know, when you have an ERA of like .6, people are going to want to see him in the rotation at some point. So uh, <laughs> Judge is up to bat. And, um, you know, Higgy. Double Gordon oh, Higgy. Love my love Higgy. I know you do. <laughs> he's, he's been a, it's been a rough start for Higgy. Let's be it honest. Has been. Yeah, it has, it has. But I'll say this: last inning, he absolutely stole some strikes there. He did. He yeah. stole some strikes, especially with the uh, the Vlad Guerrero at bat. Mm-hmm. He did. See, value. Some things you can't put a batting average. Oh, on, you my can't. You, you can't put a stat <laughs> on that. That's 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 where sabermetrics comes in about stealing strikes. See that that's pitch what Gary Sanchez that. used to be. Oh, able to that do. pitch framing. Oh my God, they used to bring it up with Gary Sanchez. The pitch framing. <laughs> that was his star thing when he couldn't right. hit anymore. Before right. it was all he could hit. Doesn't care how he catches. Oh, the ball's leaving the. Look ball at the way he hands the soft hands behind the plate. That's yeah, right. As it rolls to the backstop as well. And, and he took a moment to not exactly run and chase after it. A little no, jog. no, it'll be there when I get there. <laughs> What's the rush? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jet fans, Mel Kuyper Jr. made a statement that I was stunned. Here's what Mel had to say about the Jets. Did the Jets do enough in the draft, though, to gain on the competition in the AFC East? I'll start strong because I got to deal with Marcus. Hell yes, Laura, Woo, they did uh, a great job in the draft, and they definitely closed the gap. There's no question about that. They are potentially, potentially, guys, the second best team in this division. They need incredible luck, not good luck, incredible luck on the injury front, which they have not had. They made impactful days, not only draft, but free agency. So impactful performances, free agency, the draft last year and this year. Just stay healthy. And I think the key, obviously, is going to be Makai Becton at left tackle, getting Carl Lawson opposite Jermaine Johnson the second and Zach Wilson it all boils down in year two what type of leap will Zach Wilson take we saw him cut down on the interceptions last five games three touchdowns no picks Marcus if Zach Wilson can make that quantum leap in year two the Jets with a difficult schedule could be second in this division if he doesn't they're in the cellar okay so keywords there keywords potential <laughs> Right? Um, Zach Wilson needed to take quantum leap. Quantum leap. That's a quantum that, leap. That's a that's a large leap. No, that's huge. <laughs> and if not, they'll be in the cellar. Those are your three out of out of all that, out of all the statements, those are your three key phrases. And I I'm I'm I don't know even then if I would say they would be the second best team in the division, even if all that happened, Gordon. I, because they only won four games. I mean, if if they doubled that amount, that would be Gordon, if they got eight wins, that that's a very good season. It's a huge season. Absolutely. To double your win total in a year? And I, that would I'm be really fairly good. confident that Bill Belichick is gonna find a way to win more than eight games. I think so. Right, so then if you're telling me that Bill Belichick's going to win eight games or more, and the Jets have to double their win total from the year before to win eight games, I find it hard to believe that they could conceivably be the second best. Now, if you're telling me they're ahead of Miami, I could buy that. That I could see because this draft class. But see, that's the thing. You have to pick a side. Either this draft class is this foundational draft class that Joe Douglas just killed it with, 
or they're still kind of a work in progress? I, they're still kind of a work in progress. Yeah, that's because the way I, I don't know at. what this. I don't, look, these guys look great on paper. I don't know how they're going to be in the NFL. I don't know what the transition's going to be. How many great, how many really good players have you seen in college that get to the pros and it's different every year? It's different here. Absolutely, it's, every year. It's it's you're facing constant. You may face depending on the school you went to. You may face great athletes once or twice or maybe three times a season. Not a, not every week. <laughs> three times a season. Uh, Canty, Chris Canty was on with me Sunday, Gordon, and he had a stat. 3% of every college football player, only 3% makes it to the pros. 3%. So if you're telling me that 97% of the people that you faced in college aren't making it to the next level and you dominated them, but they weren't good enough to get to the next level, Gordon, there's no guarantees that you're going to be here either. There's no guarantee. Well, for all as great as Joe Douglas's draft picks this year were, or, or maybe could be, the the most important one he he made before this year. Yep. Because if the quarterback's not significantly better, like walking in day one, like day one last year, he was not ready to be an NFL quarterback. No, he was not. Was not. And it's all well and good that he played well in those last five games. I remember hearing those exact same things about Sam Darnold after his rookie season. Oh, his last five games, you got to see who he was. Look at the numbers the last five games. So that all hinges on Zach Wilson taking a quantum leap. That's I got not a great better bet. one for you. I got a better one for you. Geno Smith in his last game of the season had a perfect quarterback record. Whatever you happened? Know, to you know the percentage? He's back at he, he Yeah, he's, he's one one fifty eight point three, right? Yeah. He backed up Russell Wilson in Seattle. That's where he that's his last stop. Mm-hmm. You know, after leaving the Giants and, and breaking Eli Manning's streak. <laughs> So, listen, yes, that is something to build on. Yes, that's something to build on. And what you hope, if you're a Jet fan or if you're Joe Douglas, you're really hoping, and Robert Sala, is whatever he did during those weeks where he either studied more or got more experience or whatever it was, whatever he did then, that he does the same thing this offseason where he's been traveling around and working with various receivers, which is a good thing. And he comes in and he brings those same intangibles, the same game plan that he did. He has to do it this year with new people. If he can do that and build on that, then Gordon, then Jet fans have something to, to look forward to. Well, That's I've, motivation. I've seen this talking point a lot, that if there's going to be a quarterback from last year's draft class, any second-year guy of the, of the five guys, that's going to take that next big step forward, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Well, it's not really much of a competition, right? Because the Jaguars are still going to be terrible. So, so maybe Trevor Lawrence can take a step forward, but he doesn't have the talent around him that Zach Wilson does. Trey Lance, we don't even know if he's going to be the starter. Uh, it doesn't look like the Bears did anything significant to help uh, Justin Fields in any way. Mac Jones already had a pretty good – he can't really take a giant leap forward because he was pretty good in year one. Mm-hmm. And Zach Wilson was not great in year one. So, yeah, if any, if any quarterback is going to take that leap forward, it might be Zach Wilson. But there's not really much of a competition for who else it might be because there's nobody else as in a, as good a position as Zach Wilson where the win total was four wins last year, and now they've added all these picks this year. At some point, it's got to click. And it, it, for him, it better click right away, man, because all, all eyes are going to be on him now. It will be. 
And hopefully for him and for Jet fans, all he'll have to do is not so much, right? Rely on the the running game a little bit. Okay? Throw short to your tight ends. If this kid Wilson is as good as advertised and he can make the transition to running great routes in in the National Football League, you throw it to him short and let him do the work. It's time for Zach Wilson to take a step backwards, Gordon, in the sense of it's not on you to do everything. Okay? Hopefully with the offensive line improved, you can run the football, you can do some other things where you're kind of treating him the way the Jets treated Mark Sanchez when he when he came up. They they didn't rely on him to make plays, Gordon. You only had to make a handful of plays a game. You had other people around you, and the defense was good enough that if you punt it, that's okay. <laughs> Just do us a favor. Don't turn the football over. Don't make dumb plays. Keep the chains moving. Do the best you can, and, and don't make dumb mistakes. Now, if he can do that, then they'll win, and he will slowly elevate, and you – one or two, and you'll get one or two, maybe three shots during a game to move the ball down the field, and that's when you do it. That's how you get better. That's how you get better. Yeah, but that that defense, that that team had a, a far better. Oh, there's no question. Than, mm-hmm. than, than, than certainly last year. I mean, <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah, last, no. they weren't in the whew. same category. No. Oh my lord, that was no, that was, was rough. Some some of those it was really weeks. bad. It was really bad. So you know they have to hope that they get their themselves together. And on paper potentially they're better, which doesn't take much, but potentially they're better. They've got guys coming back. But once again, I don't know what loss is going to be coming back from an Achilles. I don't know how effective he's going to be. I mean, Quentin Williams, is he going to be able to to man that defense? You know, you've got some other guys coming back from injury. You, you know, you've got your rookies on there. Uh, you know, hopefully your secondary is better. So there's a lot of questions about this Jet team. Now, on paper, did they pick the people did they pick the people they were supposed to pick to fill the positions they need to fill? Yes. Now the question is, can they perform it? And and we won't know that until they get on the field in September. So all the discussion is just that. So Gordon, I got to ask you, did you see the Madison Bumgarner situation? I did. Now this is really weird to me because I I understand, and I, I was wondering because you remember last year while umpires were checking the substance, the pitchers' substances, mm-hmm. they were checking hats and belts. Yeah, and, yeah know, they've gotten very much relaxed off now. Yeah, you know, they just you know. shoelaces and everything. They're taking everything. They're stripping. Now they just wipe their hands. And so I'm looking at this, and and they do it in like two seconds. Like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. Yep, nothing on there. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, this umpire (laughs) looks like either Madison Bumgarner has had something to say previously, or this umpire was just, he was just, somebody had said something to him, and he's like, the next picture that gives me any attitude about checking for sticky stuff in his hands, I'm, I'm throwing him out of here. Because I'm, I'm looking at the video that Will the Thrill sent us. And this guy is staring at Bumgarner. And he's taking his sweet time checking his hands. And he's rubbing. And he's rubbing. And apparently, Bumgarner said something. And he was tossed. I mean, but in the video, you see how he stared at him? He's like, I dare you to say something. Yeah, he, I he, dare you. Yeah, he apparently he had taken an issue with um, one of the calls uh, that was made by because that was the that was the first base umpire, Dan Bellino, mm-hmm. not the home plate umpire who uh, was asking about the sticky the, the sticky stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, look, baseball people 
if you if you watch baseball for a long period of time, you realize baseball people are psycho in terms of long memories. So I don't know if it is something that happened today, if it's something that happened before. But the umpire is not even looking at his hand. No, he's, he's looking. looking at he's looking at him the entire time, and doing so in a. I mean, it, it kind of got uncomfortable. He was like, he was baiting him, right? I mean, that yep. was what you would say there. He was baiting him to say something because he's he's rubbing his. And uh, for like five minutes, yeah. waiting for him to say something, and then he tossed him. That umpire, th- 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 he should be reprimanded. Th- mm-hmm. th- you are not there to do that. You are not here to s- settle personal scores. You are not to be all. seen and not heard. You know, that, uh, you don't have to have rabbit ears if somebody says something that you don't like, and now you are going to put your imprint on the game. So, uh, what a terrible job! Brutal job! Brutal, Brutal job! I mean, and, and think about, I mean, think about fans who go to a game and, and you're wait. oh, I want to see Matt, like the kid last night with Judge, right? Mm. Like waiting to see Judge yeah. in the home run. Oh, my goodness, traveling to go see a game. I, I'm sure there was some kid who was looking to see Madison Bumgarner. I mean, maybe not to the same degree of Aaron Judge, but, and they went to see Madison Bumgarner start and he pitched one inning and then he gets tossed out of the game for, for something that the umpire has got a, you know, a, a stick up his butt. Yeah. Nothing that Bumgarner did. No, nothing. He's and even and even if he did give him a bit of an attitude, you know, he's in the arena, right? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're not always going to be Mister Nice Guy. You get ticked off about this thing or that thing. He didn't make it an issue. He was up, nope. he was upset about it. And now you're here. You are. You're not going to push me around. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So attitude, actually. and and there is you talk about culture. Like when we talk about teams, oh, they have to have a winning culture. There is a culture with umpires. It where is. they are going to let you know, oh, I'm in charge here. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, I'm sure it's difficult to keep the games on track and you can't be pushed around. You don't want to get that reputation. But there has to be a better way of going about it than that. No question about it. No question. And an experienced umpire, a really experienced umpire, wouldn't handle it that way. Wouldn't handle it that way. I, you know what, though? Joe West is as old as they are, and, and he would have probably done the exact same thing. You There's know what I mean? Like, you've seen Joe West do things. Angel <laughs> yeah. Hernandez has been here for forever. Oh, He's terrible, things like that. Rabbit ears, always looking to have his imprint on the game, all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yep. So, uh, what, what is, how long has David Phelps? Gordon, David Phelps, is, what is, is this his 115? <laughs> he, he's been around. He has been around and around and around. It's unbelievable. I think he's the only uh, – I think they brought this up on the broadcast the other night. Is he the only member of the 2009 Yankees that's still playing? I think so. I can't think of anybody else who would be. I think so. And he didn't last long. <laughs> Gardy's not on the roster. No. Are you surprised? I, I kind of am. I mean, I'm kind of stunned. Mm-hmm. You thought uh, he would be he, here by now, didn't you? Well, look, if, if Gallo was out another day, you never know. I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't think so. I think it's. I think he's run his course. I think he has. He listen. He had a nice long career. He did. Yeah, because Cano has not been picked up. That's nope. why it came up. Yeah. You know. He's, I don't he's think Shelly Duncan is anywhere playing right now. Melky's not playing anywhere right now. Oh, he's retired. Yep. The milkman. Yep. <laughs> a lot of these guys have been retired for a while. A while. Yeah. A while. You're like right I, you say 2009 to me. I'm like, oh, that was just the other day. And then you realize, oh, no, it was not just no, the other not day. No, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Not exactly. 
Well, just recapping, going where we started a couple hours ago, uh, the Mets ended up splitting their series with Atlanta. It was their first time meeting Atlanta this year. And for me as a Mets fan, I really was looking for the series uh, streak to continue. The Mets had come, I think it was seven straight series since the beginning of the season. They had won. I knew it was eventually going to end because, you listen, baseball is a long season and you don't just continue streaks like that. Uh, for a number of reasons, because you're not going to play well every day. Everybody's not going to pitch well every day. Everybody's not going to hit well every day. Everybody's not going to field well every day. They're human beings. They're not machines. So there's going to be a day where you just don't have it. But I did, exp I did hope that they would continue that streak. And, and if you were going to not have the streak, if you're going to lose the streak, don't lose it against Atlanta. All right, just me. I don't want to lose it against Atlanta. But they did the end up splitting the series, which is better than losing the series. But just for me, after losing the first game, and coming back to sweep the doubleheader, for me, I really looked forward to them stealing or trying to take this one uh, to make the homestand 5-2 and two instead of 4-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, it's the type of thing where you would have felt a little bit better about it. Like, the, the sense that you have around the team is better than a 4-3 and three homestand and splitting against the Braves, right? Because they've, they've played so well. So it's a little, it is slightly disappointing. But look, if your biggest issue is you're splitting against the team that's almost certainly your greatest competition in the division, given with the way you've played against everybody else, I don't know. I think you're doing all right. I think they're going to be okay. So and and they've done this again with a guy who got to start again today who pitched well. I mean, Tyler McGill started as, oh, he's going to be the guy who's filling in for DeGrom. He's going to be here when if and when DeGrom ever gets back. I mean, he's mm -hmm. been fantastic this season. He has not just been somebody who's just filled in and and you're hoping to get another start or two out of him. He's been he's been lights out. And unfortunately, he was not able, you know, the bullpen kind of came in and, and, and made his line look a whole lot worse than it actually was. But, you know, that pitching has held up. It's a long season, though. Uh, yeah, the one is. thing that you feel good about is that you now have an owner that if you go need a bullpen piece, if you need to go get something by the trade deadline, that is not going to be an impediment from going and getting it done. The key thing for me, and you know, for, for fans, it's different for each of us, right? Uh, but for, for some, it's, oh, he spent money. For some, it's, oh, he got a great manager in Buck Showalter. For me, Gordon, I think the defining moment, not the defining moment, but a really, really important moment for me as a Mets fan was him saying on Monday, whether it's going to be Dominic Dom Smith Absolutely. or Robinson Cano, he said, make the baseball decision. And he told his baseball people, and they sent Robinson Cano packing. That, for me, said more than money because anybody can spend money. <laughs> that says more to me that we have an owner that understands what it takes to win, and he's putting the team's best interest first. Yeah, and any issue that people might have thought, like when that was first brought up, there was the talk about Francisco Lindor was not crazy about, well, you know, I want Robinson Cano to be here. That has not been an issue. He, he, he came out. Like that to me says that there's leadership, that there's another situation where that could have went sideways. Mm -hmm. But maybe the fact that the Mets have like legitimate people running the show now, mm -hmm. that that did not, it was not allowed to blossom into a storyline where, you know, it could have been in, 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 in sliding doors type of different situations where the team maybe was not so good or they didn't have the manager that they had being able to, to get through things, that that could have been a possible issue, and it wasn't. Yeah, and, and it leads to all sort of things of, oh, well, who's running the team? 
is is Lindor. This is oh, you know, it's supposed to be different on the buck. This is just like last year. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? It it it, it would just leave if if the wrong decision had been made. In this case, and you're just going for the money. Well, you got to pay him anyway. So you know, if you pay pay him and let him go, maybe somebody else. Maybe he'll find you know a spot with another team. I don't think so, but you never know because of injuries. Somebody may. All he's got to do is stay healthy. You know, somebody may may, may give him an opportunity. But he had an opportunity here. He had 41 at bats. He knew with with what was brought to the table, he had to produce. He was coming off a year where he did not play. So Gordon, he knew coming in, new new manager, new owner, he had to produce. He didn't. It was in his hands, and he didn't produce. And so at one, I got a guy batting one ninety five, that's that can only play one position, and DH. And I got other people who I could bring in off my bench to make my bench stronger. I mean, it was clear that it's a no brainer decision, but sometimes no brainer decisions <laughs> in the wrong hands are no brainer mistakes. Well, you just know that if it had been the previous, like to me, this whole thing it was more of an indictment of the of the previous ownership because they would have figured out a way to keep him here and made it seem like, oh no, you know, we know what kind of player Robbie is. We think it when it was completely a financial thing. So, uh, I to me, it's more of an indictment of the Wilpons than it is a statement about Steve Cohen. But since Cohen is the one now owning the show. It makes you feel good that, that, that baseball decisions are what's going to rule the day. And that's how you win. Yeah. You got to win with baseball. You got to win with decisions that help your team. Not just, and financial has an, in, has an influence. It's, it's part of the decision. But it can't be the total decision in every situation, Gordon. It has to be what's best for the team financially and talent-wise. And what the best thing for the Yankees clearly would be the younger players, and both of them were pivotal in the doubleheader sweep yesterday. Yeah, and and maybe the fact that you got those wins yesterday was what hurt you today in terms of the bullpen. So, you yeah, know, it all kind of ties true. together. And, and, look, the bullpen is, is a – I think that even when it has pitched well, uh, I, I think that that's a, a, a concern area for needs, the Mets. Needs improvement. Yeah, needs some improvement. So, mm-hmm. you got to hope that, that – the ownership realizes that sooner rather than later, and they got to find some arms to to kind of boost things up. Because if with May down, that's going to be a, a bit of an issue. Now you're a little short-handed there, and it was yeah. not a strength to begin with. Exactly, and the hope was that you know with the way McGill has pitched and Peterson has pitched, when guys come back like you know Degrom and like Tyron Walker, who's already back. Now you could slide those arms into the bullpen, Gordon, and now they kind of fulfill the Michael King role, right? Where they could come in and give you two or three innings, and then now you that moves your other specialist further back where you can use them seven, eight, nine if you need to. But you know that's in the future. And if once again, if Degrom doesn't come back or comes back and has a setback or whatever the situation is, uh, by the trade deadline, I'm confident that uh, Steve Cohen and Billy Epler will go out and find somebody to, to man that bullpen. Well, the Mets are a win-now team. Like, there was a caller who called earlier talking about how they, the Mets are young and they're this and that. They're not yeah, really all they're that young. Really they're they're, no. they're, they're win-now. I mean, the, the guys they went out and got, you know, you went out and signed a 30, what is it, 38-year-old Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Um, Sterling Marte is not exactly a spring chicken. He's 33, 34, right? Yeah, I mean, they got mm-hmm. a lot of older, got some not, not old, but, you know, they got this is a veteran team. This is a win-now team. This team is expected to compete for a championship either this year or next year. Yeah, or both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they no, I mean this is they should be all in on this season. Yeah, definitely. 
Before we get to the surprise challenge, Gordon, I got to say, uh, Clay Holmes has come in, and as good as Michael King has been, Clay Holmes has been <laughs> equally good with maybe a little bit more power, huh? Well, I, Mike, Michael King tonight, all he did was pitch three uh, innings, nine up, nine down, and needed 33 pitches. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he's unbelievable. And, and look, Clay Holmes has been great, too. Uh, the Yankee bullpen has been sensational. This is going to be a frustrating game to lose if they do go on and lose it because you've had some opportunities here late in the last few, you know, the, during this win streak, you get the big hit, and right now they have not been able to get anything outside of the Joey Gallo home run early on. So um, still got another inning. We'll see if yep. they can uh, scratch across the run. It will be nice. All right, Will the Thrill, hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, on ESPN New York tonight, it's been about, I guess, a little over a month now, Gordon? Has it been? No, it's been uh, it, it, tonight will be day number 11. But yeah, I guess in terms of the overall dates, right? But we haven't been on regularly. But this will be day number 11 of trying Seems to find anything <laughs> that people like uh, for our audience more than The Sopranos. Yes. So maybe with a different audience, we'll you have never know. Different yeah, results. maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Let's hope so. Now, apple pie was the last one that yeah that had no submitted. that had no chance. I don't remember what the final numbers were, but I think that that was our lowest our lowest vote total overall. Okay, so the, the pizza has been the one that's done the best. The, yeah, that one was like fifty, you know, fifty one forty nine, but le- even closer than fifty one forty nine. It was fifty point something to forty nine point something. Wow. Okay. So and, yeah, and last night apple pie got thirty-two percent of the vote, and never really, you know, like on election night, certain candidates they can call it even when there's one yeah. percent of the vote in. <laughs> you that was early. apple pie last night. <laughs> you called it early. <laughs> they called it early, and they nailed it. They nailed it right away. Well, look, I, we got Brian, we got Will tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I don't know. I know each of them have already gone once. Yes. I think I have the ringer for when we really want to. Okay. Put it. Put an end to it. But I don't know if that's tonight. No, we no, still I have other shows this week, right? No, we have no, a show no, tomorrow definitely. night, right? After Ranger hockey, assuming depends, there's a them. show after Ranger hockey. It depends on the goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> so if one of them, if one of them want to have, if, if if they feel strongly about something, don't yes. bring some weak stuff here. You got to bring oh. a strong contender if you want to step up to the plate. Wow. Yeah. We're talking smack. Don't I'm just saying, you got to don't bring no apple pie in here. Come on. We got people looking at us sideways. Somebody suggested <laughs> apple pie. If anybody's seen the Sopranos, somebody even brought this up on, on the tweet. Like anybody who's seen the Sopranos, apple <laughs> pie is not going to do well with that audience. No, not going to do well. Not going to do well. All right. Well, nobody is any making thoughts? any suggestions here from, from Will and Brian. are both So very I'm quiet. thinking I'm in between two. Okay. Because this was suggested, like, I think last week between one of us. I just can't remember who it was. Right. See, the fact that it was already suggested and it was not taken is probably not a strong but, contender. But it, it, it could be because I'm like, okay, it, it Sopranos. It could be. It's probably not. If, if you have to put it, like, if you have to put all these, th- could be, you know, if, if Zach okay. Wilson takes a quantum leap and the offensive line and, and Mekhi Becton is really good. <laughs> if you got to put all these qualifiers well, it's not a on it, the answer is no. Okay, it's not a Mekhi Becton. So I have okay. one option. I have right. one million. Dollars, okay. one million dollars is better than the Sopranos. Okay, and then I have another option. I know you use, uh, I think it was NFL playoff weekend yeah. or something yeah. like that, NFL championship weekend. Yes. So I have the Super Bowl. 
I know that's a little like sometimes you got could have like I don't a bad think if you, Super if championship Bowl. weekend did not bring it home. I don't think the Super Bowl is bringing. So it. I'm gonna go with. I'll, a, I'll leave it up to Larry. Larry, you a million dollars? I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I'd say go roll with a million dollars. All right. Yeah. Let's go with a million dollars. Roll with a million dollars. People love money. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's true. People love money. All right. Well, 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 as they say, running up the pole and see how yeah. it uh, how it performs. And that's uh, Sopranos like. Money? That sure. is Sopranos oh, yeah. like. Yeah, oh yeah. Tony did everything for money. You know, so that might that you know that might be that might be well, pretty good. Voting is now open. We'll see how one million dollars does. At Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM, your chance to vote on the Sopranos challenge to quest to find anything better than the Sopranos day eleven in a long bunch of days. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're quickly running out of options here. Yes, we are. And the Sopranos are just laughing at us. Do- doors are closing in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying they're to find, you know, they say when one door closes, another one opens. We're, they're all closing. Right, yeah, they're all closing. We're, lo- we're looking for a window at this point. We're looking for anything to get out. Yeah, and the ceiling's dropping. Yeah. And there's water coming from the floor. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It is not. So... Uh, Gordon, I mentioned in the tease that there is a very big day coming for the Knicks, and that day is May 17th. That's the night of the draft lottery. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if they have any luck this year because <laughs> they really haven't had luck uh, since Patrick do. Young in 85. Yeah. So, you know, that that's big. And, of course, the draft is about is a month away, like the 22nd or 23rd of June, somewhere along there. So this is – this. These two dates are interesting for me because I think it might influence or maybe give us a window, Gordon, as to what the Knicks may try to do. Um, From a draft standpoint, from maybe moving, packaging some things on draft night to maybe doing something. Obviously, a lot of conversations with, uh, you know, uh, a certain player from the Utah Jazz being at City Field yesterday and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I have a tweet here from Jay Blaze NYC. Uh, Aren't Randall making money's match Fournier first round pick enough to get, uh, you know, some players? So um, it's it's it is it would be nice to see what the Knicks are going to do. They've been quiet and rightfully so, uh, but they need to make some adjustments and some changes. And it's not just about free agency, Gordon. It's going to be about them having to improve this team, and they may have to package some people and package some picks to get to where this team needs to go. And obviously, you know, just looking through some mock drafts and everybody's talking about them, you know, drafting 11th, but we don't know. They're just going by records because we don't know. It could mm-hmm. be better. It could be worse. Uh, but a lot of these mock drafts have them taking something, somebody other than the point guard. And I know a lot of Nick fans think that, oh, you know, you got your point guard and Emmanuel quickly. I, I, I I'm not. I'm not sold on him being a point guard, Gordon. I think he is. He is a very good combo guard for me. I like him coming off the bench. I like him in his role. To be honest with you, I like him in that role. But for me, and I think Spike makes a you know a, a good comment on him. You want your point guards to go north and south. He goes a lot of east west. You look at Chris Paul. You look at John Morant. You look at uh, some of the really top point guards in the league. They are challenging consistently going to the basket. Now, not saying he never goes to the basket, but at the level that you need him to be to penetrate and dish, 
Gordon, he is not now doesn't mean he can't get to that stage, but if I have to make a decision right now, I need an experienced point guard. And then, you know, it's a Jalen Brunson. I mean, I don't know. Is is that who we is that who the Knicks are gonna go for and to try to sign him? I don't know. But I know they need the starting point guard right now is not on this Knicks roster. That's what I know. Yeah, well, look, the Knicks have, have this regime has held things very close to the chest. They've not uh, they've not really tipped their hand on on what direction they're going to go. The move has not been there for them to make the big splash. And credit to them, don't force it unless it's there. But at some point, you got to kind of make things happen, and this has to be the offseason. after after going from where they were last year and then this past season to go from the fourth seed to out of the playoffs altogether and not even really being in uh, consideration for the play-in. At some point, you got to make that big move. And to draft a point guard, while that would be great, if you're picking up I, – I, I have to be honest, I haven't really even looked at what no. the mock drafts mm-hmm. are looking like. Absolutely. But unless you're getting some really top-flight point guard prospect, you're, you're bringing in a young kid – saying, hey, you're going to be the, the floor general for this, this team. I, I don't know that that necessarily – I'd like to get somebody with a little bit of experience so the Jalen Brunson part of it is, is kind of appealing. Mm-hmm. But at some point, this Knicks regime has got to kind of tip their hands and say, okay, this is, this is the direction we're going in yeah. because they haven't really done anything yet. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.